Recorded at the Running Age Studio, you're listening to Venture Tabernacle. It's like venture capital, except that the investment is made in your soul. This is where America hangs out to talk about anything and everything from a biblical perspective. I'm your host, Ty Hervey. Join me as we learn to view the world through the objective lens of the Bible. Alrighty, we are back for another episode of the Sunday Sermon, where we are going through the gospel according to Mark, verse by verse, and story by story. Today, what we're looking at is one of the most crazy demonstrations of God's power in the entire Bible. It's not every day that you see a demonstration of power like Jesus performs in our text today, and this one stands out above many others. We are looking at the story of how Jesus cast out the demon named Legion and the reaction of the people. It's an amazing story, so let's not waste any time. We'll jump right into the text. Our text for the day is Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. This one is a bit of a story, so stick with me as we read the account in its entirety, and then we'll break it down piece by piece. Starting in verse 1, it says, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. And he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank and into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region, As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. That's our text for today. Now, if you will remember, all the way back in chapter 1, verse 1 of Mark's account, the purpose 
of Mark writing this entire book is writing out the history of Jesus to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. And the way that Mark accomplishes this is to tell of just a few of the stories of the life of Jesus. The Gospel according to John says that what is recorded in the Bible is only a fraction of what Jesus accomplished in his life. And John even went so far as to say that if all that Jesus did on earth was recorded and written down, the whole world could not contain the sheer volume of books it would take to do so. And if you'll also remember, in earlier verses when Jesus cast out other demons, he does this to demonstrate his power over Satan. If Jesus doesn't have power over Satan, he cannot be the Son of God. So we see this story as a very important part of the recorded life of Jesus as it demonstrates who he is. And it's interesting that if you look at the Bible as a whole, how it manages to all work together so seamlessly. And we just got done looking at the story of Jesus calming the storm in last week's episode. And in that episode, we saw the disciples were scared of the storm at first. Then what were they afraid of afterwards? It was actually Jesus and the power that he demonstrated over the laws of physics. And we see the same similar thing here. First, the people were afraid of the maniac, and then they are even more afraid of the power that Jesus shows them to have power over the demons. And that's where we pick up in the story today is as Jesus and his disciples step out of the boat immediately. And again, that's the theme in Mark. He's the newspaper version of the gospel. Immediately, the demon-possessed man runs and falls at his feet. When it says unclean spirit in the ESV, that's talking about demon possession. Demons are fallen angels and are also known as unclean spirits. So when you see those two things, it means the same thing. And the physical reality of man and the spiritual reality of demons is being somewhat mixed here. We see a man who is indwelled and possessed and controlled by demons to such a severe degree that he is more comfortable around dead bodies than living people. And it's obvious by his circumstances that he is in a very bad position. And he has supernatural strength. It says that he could break chains. He was so strong that there was no way to even contain this man anymore. This is a man who is being tormented by demons day and night, harming himself, harming others, and is tormenting others to the point that the entire town that is nearby is afraid of this man. And the man approaches Jesus and his disciples, and from a distance, the demons within him recognize Jesus. Now, you may wonder, how is it that the demon knows who Jesus is immediately when he sees him? Well, if you remember, Jesus has already been casting out demons in his ministry, and word has gotten around to the rest of the demons in the area. That's one possible explanation. But the more probable one is that the demon would have known Jesus for thousands of years, as all demons were once angels who enjoyed fellowship with Jesus in heaven before they rebelled and were cast down from heaven. And this demon knows well the power of Jesus as the Son of God, perhaps better than the disciples and anyone else during that time. And he begs Jesus not to cast him out. Now why would he beg? 
Well, the answer is simple. Because the demon knows that he is powerless against Jesus. The demon who was strong enough to break chains, who was named Legion because he numbered in the thousands of demons, who had power to terrorize an entire town, trembles in fear at the very sight and words of Jesus. Because they do not want to be cast into eternal punishment in the lake of fire that is promised for them. And Jesus allows them to go into the pigs rather than to be cast into the lake of fire. And note that Jesus gave them permission to do this. No demon anywhere has the power to even think about challenging God. And the only way they were able to possess the pigs was that Jesus allowed it to happen. And so when you realize that, the question should arise, why would Jesus allow that to happen? For that matter, why doesn't God get rid of all demons since he has the power to do so? Well, it could be because they serve a purpose for the time being. In our text today, they helped get the attention of the nearby town. But in a broader sense, the presence of evil in the world causes us to draw nearer to God for protection. If there is no darkness, there is less of a perceived need for light. Demons in the presence of evil show us just how much we need God in our life. And that need is absolute. The presence of evil only serves to illuminate the need to us. But if we jump back into the story, the demons, they possess the pigs. And what happens next? They run them down the steep bank into the water and immediately drown them. And this at face value makes no sense at all. If the demons wanted to possess the pigs, why would they immediately kill them? Well, the simple answer that I would offer is because that is just what demons do. Everywhere they go, they bring chaos and destruction with them. They are of their father, Satan, who is the father of lies and can bring nothing good into this world. We see that the herdsmen When this happens, they go and tell the town and the country what has happened, and the whole town came out to see what had happened. And when they get there and see the dead pigs and the maniacs sitting there peacefully and wearing clothes, they are amazed and they are terrified at the same time. Just like the disciples were on the trip across the Sea of Galilee when Jesus calmed the storm, these people realized that they were standing in the presence of a supernatural power unlike anything they had ever seen or would see again. And it exposed their sinfulness. This was a Gentile region that worshipped a number of false gods. And they were more comfortable with Satan being in their presence than God because Satan couldn't and wouldn't put a stop to their sinful deeds. And so we see the two very different reactions to the presence of God that people commonly show. On the one hand, the townspeople are terrified and they reject Jesus because to accept him would mean that they have to change their wicked ways. On the other hand, The man who was healed begs to go with Jesus and ends up becoming an evangelist and telling of the miracles across the region to anyone who had listened. So what was the difference between the two 
people groups. Both saw the miracles that Jesus did, and both recognized his power and his deity. But only one worshipped him for it. The difference was that one group was willing to give up their past life and follow Jesus. And the other was unwilling to give up their sins. And as powerful as the miracle was that Jesus did that day, and all the other miracles that Jesus did while he was here on earth, still people will reject him because they love their sin more than God. That's why Christians are so hated in the world is because we represent a God who stands for absolute truth. In a world that says truth is relative, that will always be unpopular. This is the reality we face every day. And the question I would ask you is this. Which group of people do you belong to? Do you love the power and majesty of Jesus? Or do you love your sin more? There is no other way to get to heaven than to follow Jesus. There is no other objective truth you can base your life on than the words of God in the Holy Bible. That is what we stand for here at Venture Tabernacle, and I hope you do too. And that marks the end of this episode of the Sunday Sermon. Thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you back here same time, same place next week for another episode of the Sunday Sermon. Thank you.